All right. Hey, we, if you haven't been around Journey, first of all, we're so glad that you're here with us. If you're watching for the first time, we're so glad you're here with us. Um, we've been in a series. In fact, we are now all the way to week four of a series called Choosing Breakthrough. And what I find is this, as I read through the Word of God, I find that it is God's will. I can say this very clearly. It is God's will for you to experience freedom, for you to personally experience breakthrough, that 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 Jesus didn't just come and die on the cross. He, he wasn't resurrected from the grave. He didn't ascend to the Father just simply so that you can go to heaven when you die. That's, that's not the end all be all. I mean, it is, it, well, I guess it is. <laughs> it is the end all. But sometimes we, we kind of lose sight of the fact that the God wants, he, he has everlasting life for you today. Not just when you die, he wants rivers of living water just to flow out of you even today. And so I think what hinders the potential of the church, when I think about, and I'm, I'm not just talking about Journey Church, I'm talking about the church in general, what hinders the potential of the church is that so many of God's people are bound up by stuff. And whether it's sin, whether it's um, secrets, whether it's things that have been done to us and we've never figured out like how to how to unpack that, and so we just hide that away and keep it secret and keep it safe in the words of Gandalf the Grey. Because we do that, what happens is we, we, lose, we lose the potential of reaching the people around us because we're so bound up by our own stuff, right? And I can say that God wants freedom for you. He wants breakthrough for you, and, and I don't understand why it doesn't just come like in a poof. I don't, I don't understand why God doesn't just, there it is. But my experience, and for so many in the Word of God, the experience, you know, you look at these individuals, I, I think of David and, and how long he struggled with the promise and, and realizing that the end of the promise, that, that what happens is we have to make choices for breakthrough. We, we have to make decisions that lead to freedom. And so this series has been all about talking about what, what are those choices that we need to make to really experience the freedom and the breakthrough that God has for us. So if you haven't been around, don't worry. I wanna to try to bring you up to speed. And, and this is good reminders for those of you who have been here every week. The first choice is just simply the humility choice. And really, this is foundational. You're not gonna be able to go further and farther until you deal with the humility choice. The humility choice is just simply, I can't. I can't do this. One of the things I pray every single morning Probably the beginning phrase of my prayer is I'll say, God, in and of myself, I am nothing, I have nothing, I am broken, I am helpless, I'm powerless. God, I am absolutely in need of you today. You say, Ken, that just sounds so depressing. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Honestly, it isn't. Like, it helps, it helps me get to the next place because the next choice, because Paul himself said, what a wretched man I am, who will rescue me from this body of death, Right? And so, so that humility choice, no, that's necessary. The second choice is a hope choice. And the hope choice is what it sounds like. It's, God, I believe that you have the power to change me. God, I believe that you have the strength. You have the desire even, the will to change me. God, I, I, I'm going to fix my eyes. I'm going to focus my attention on your love and your compassion and your power for me. I'm not going to go around being like the hummingbird. I'm going to be like Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to soar on the updraft of your love just like an eagle, right? So the hope choice is, uh, yeah, I'm a wretched man, but thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
right? That's the hope choice. Last week we talked about the commitment choice, and, and this is where you start to gain a little bit of traction, I think. I mean, so far, you know, the, the humility choice, you're like, well, that didn't bring about the freedom I was looking for. And, and the hope choice, okay, I get that God does that. But now with the commitment choice, it's the third choice. The commitment choice is I choose to continually submit all my life and all of my will to the care and control of God. It's a continual choice. I'm continually saying, God, I belong to you. I am yours. I'm continually asking, is there anything in my life, is there any person in my life that is getting in the way of me being all in with you? This is, we talked about Elisha last week, burning all the John Deere, all the farming equipment, because he used to be a farmer, and now he's going to be what God has put in front of him to do today. It's burning the ships. It's saying, I'm all in. And I'm telling you, this is where you start to see the traction. When you, when you decide, I'm all in with God, nothing's going to get in the way of what God has for me. You, you, start, you start to feel it, right? You start to, but there's still like, you're still going, ah, there's, I'm still not there yet. You're not, because there's still some choices to make. This fourth choice that we're going to talk about today, I believe this is the hinge. I believe this is where the pivot starts to happen, and you really start to sense some momentum. But I will tell you, and I need everyone to listen to me for a second, this by far is the hardest choice. In fact, most of us will choose not to do this. (laughs) We will walk out of here, we'll be hearers of the word, but we won't do it, and so we still will be trapped, and we still won't experience the breakthrough and the freedom that that God has for us. So here's what it is. The fourth choice is the confession choice. And some of you are like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm not going to do it. The confession choice. Let me just read how I have it in my notes. I, I choose to openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Here's the thing. Like, like I'm, cool with op- I'm, I'm cool with, you know, examining my life, confessing the sin to myself. I mean, I mean, that's even a little weird, right? I mean, it sounds a little new agey or whatever, but okay, we got that. And then I'm cool with confessing it to God, of course. I'm, I mean, I grew up in Sunday school. I, I grew up going to VBS. I'm supposed to give, but I ain't confessing this stuff to other people. Like, show me where that's at in the Bible. By the way, I will. So we're going to get there. So I, I, I want to help you out because some of you already, you know, you're starting to feel the back sweat, right? That's like, and so what I want you to know is we're not going to put up microphones in the front and at the end of the service have you come up and confess all of your deepest, darkest secrets. Thank you. Yeah, okay. We'll do that next week. No, I'm joking. So, so we're not going to do that, but what I do want to do, I do want to give you some handles because sometimes we say, you know, you go to church and you hear this stuff and you're like, how, how do I, like, how do I practically do this? Like, help me to understand this. And so in, in a moment, I want to do that. But before, before we get into the, the practical stuff, and I do believe this is practical as well, Jesus said this in, in John chapter 8, and before I get to verse 32, I got to read verse 31, he, but, but I'm not going to go nerdy. Okay, so here's, here's what he does. Jesus says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. You are truly my disciples. So the context is he's got a lot of, a lot of people who think they're in with God and they don't like Jesus, they're jealous of Jesus, they don't think he's being true to the Old Testament covenant, you know, all, all these things. And so Jesus says, listen, here, let me just cut to the chase. You're truly my disciple 
If you don't just hear what I'm saying, if you don't just listen to my teachings, but if you follow through on them, right? If you remain faithful, if you're obedient to my teachings. And then he says something, and maybe you've never been to church before, but I promise you, you've probably heard the next verse because it's quoted by politicians and it's quoted by all kinds of other people. But understand the context is obedience to the teachings of God, being faithful to what God has to say. He says next in verse 32, and you will know the truth. See, you've heard this before. And the truth will set you free. Well, glory. Ha. Right? Okay, so, so we've heard that. We've heard this so many times. In fact, I think it's one of the tactics of the enemy is we're so familiar with this that we lose what Jesus is saying here. Like, think about it. Freedom requires truth. The truth will what? Set you free. Freedom, breakthrough, requires truth. Everybody with me? It's the reward of honesty. If I want to be free from all the stuff that I've been carrying around, and it's not just free from my deepest, darkest, you know, from, from my sin and from my addictions, but free from even the hurts that have been so deeply lodged within me. If, if I want to be free from that, I, it begins with me being honest with myself, being honest with God, and in a moment we'll talk about how we can be honest with the people that we love. Here, here's the point. I think what we see here is that freedom is impossible without honesty. Real freedom, the freedom that you've been looking for, I'm telling you, the word of God bears this, personal experience bears this, real freedom is impossible without honesty. You're not gonna experience, as long as it's a secret, you're not gonna experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Getting really quiet. If you're watching online, it's really quiet in this room. So how, how do we do this? Okay, let's talk about, let's make this practical. Here's the first thing, is examine your life for sin. Examine your life for sin. There's a long tradition in the word of God of some of the great heroes of the faith being people who examined their life for sin. In fact, David, who is like the poster boy for all this, right? Not only is he the poster boy for sin, he committed sins that would have disqualified himself from any church, right? I mean, he, you think you're bad? David, David was worse, okay? I mean, he didn't just commit adultery. He then, to hide it, had a guy killed. Okay, this is he, bad stuff, right? And then the lies and, and then all the dysfunctional stuff that happened in his family and with his kids. I mean, he, he had some major sins, right? But you got to say this for David. He was ruthless about examining his life for sin, I mean, constantly going to God, Holy Spirit, shine your searchlight in my heart. He penned these words in Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And then he says in verse 24, see if there is any offensive way in me. One translation says, point out anything in me that offends you. Ooh, I dare you. Right? And then he says, and, and here's the payoff, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Or lead me in the path of everlasting life. Like, I want that, right? But it starts with confession. It starts with, God, show me what's going on inside of me. Why why should we ask God to search our ways? Here's a couple things. It helps me to understand the fullness of God's love. Jesus said this in Luke 7. He says, he who has been forgiven little loves Little. But here's, here's the truth of the matter. Any follower of Jesus has not been forgiven little. 
If you're a follower of Jesus, you have not been forgiven little. Or why would Jesus have to go to the cross? You've been forgiven of a lot. You're like, well, I'm not that bad of a person. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you really are. You're selfish, you're greedy, you're prideful, you're jealous. You're all the, well, I've never committed adultery. Well, you've probably thought in your heart that you wanted someone who didn't belong to you. So Jesus says, he who has been forgiven little loves little. It's equally true that he who has been forgiven much loves much. And so if I, will, if I will ask the Holy Spirit to do this work and he begins to unveil this stuff, can I tell you, it could lead to knowing God and knowing his love in a deeper way than you ever have before. If I don't see the wound, then I won't seek out a healer for the wound. If I don't see the sin, then I won't seek out forgiveness. If I don't see the need and how desperate I am, then I might not ever see the miracle that God has for me. Okay, so it helps me understand the fullness of God's love. Second, it helps me accept personal responsibility for my sin. See, we have a great tradition in evangelical American Christianity. Here's how confession looks like in evangelical churches in the United States of America. Father, forgive me of my trespasses as you have forgiven others of the, well, okay, I just butchered the whole phrase. So, So forgive me of my sins, next. Like confession is as quick as it possibly can be, right? But what I'm proposing to you and what we see in the Bible is that when I really take the, the time to examine my life for sin, I've got to deal with the sin and it helps me to accept personal responsibility. And so I stop sugarcoating things in my life. I stop rationalizing what well, happened such a long time ago or everybody does it. I stop blaming other people, right? And so this is, this is, this is the work of examining my life for sin helps me to actually accept personal responsibility for my sin. So how do I do this? I'll just, get, I mean, honestly, it's not that complicated, but here's how I do it. I find a quiet place where I can be alone with God. And so I, I don't bring my phone with me. My phone stays in another room and there's not a TV on. And I try to do it when, when Carrie and the kids aren't around. And so, and I, if you're a mother of preschooler, like good luck, right? And this is a phase and it's a season and, and try as best as you can and, and you know, hopefully um, you, know, you have people in your life who could help you with this and give you the, the space to be able to do this. But, so I try to be alone, no distractions. I, I bring my Bible, I bring a notebook. Some of you who don't sin as much as I do, you can just have a sheet of paper. But for me, I bring a notebook and I bring something to write with. And I, okay, that's, that's kind of the physical aspect of this. So then the next thing I do is I take a moment just to be quiet and then I say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I thank you that you, that Jesus said that you're my comforter, you're my counselor. And so I invite you to come and, and, and Jesus said he convicts the world of their sin. God, Holy Spirit, would you show me what is in me that I, maybe I don't even see? Right? We all have blind spots, right? Sometimes there's things going on inside of us I'm not even aware of, but if I will allow, the Holy Spirit will, will show me. Like, I don't know if I want him to show me. <laughs> it's part of the process, right? And, and so I invite the Holy Spirit, and then I just begin to analyze my past. Honestly, if, I've ne- if you've never done this before, if this is something you've never done before, it might take a little longer, and I would encourage you, maybe just think through the decades of your life. Just say, you know, is there stuff from, and this isn't just sin, by the way. 
Sometimes it's things that have been done to me and I've never really processed it, I've never really dealt with it. And so maybe, maybe it's writing down some things that were done to me that, that really were not my responsibility. Maybe it's things that were done to me that, that were not my responsibility, but how I dealt with it and how I hurt other people because of the ways that I was hurt, that stuff is my responsibility. Everybody getting all that? So you analyze your past honestly. And then what I do is I write those things down. You say, Ken, why do I gotta write it down? Okay, I get Ken, you're a nerd. You like writing things down, you like journaling. I'm not a journaler, I don't wanna write it down. Here, here's the reason why, it helps you to get specific. Because otherwise it's gonna be vague, it's gonna be a thought that comes to your mind, you're not gonna remember it. I just, I just, the whole reason why you write it down is simply for you. You're not, you don't have to keep this. You can burn it afterward. You, you don't have to keep it around sitting on a shelf for somebody to, to sneak a look at. You know, you can, you, can, you can shred it. You can throw it in the trash, whatever you need. Flush it down the toilet if you've got a good enough uh, septic system. <laughs> so you write it down. And here's why. Because freedom is impossible without honesty. Freedom is impossible without honesty. So, so the first step is I examine my life for sin. That's the, the, the arrow is pointing down, it's pointing toward me. That's the first step. The second step is I ask God for forgiveness. So now the arrow is pointed toward God, right? I ask God for forgiveness. Let me read you, this is all over the, the Bible. Psalm 32 verse five, uh, David penned this. He says, finally I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. And I said to myself, and I love David does this all the time. And this is why I do, I do it too, and you're not crazy if you do it. I say to myself, I say, self, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. Because I don't feel like confessing my rebellion to the Lord. Sometimes I got have you ever had to give yourself a pep talk to do the things of God? <laughs> Me and Carrie, <laughs> yes. So sometimes I got self, <laughs> I know I don't want to do this. I'm going to do this, right? I, conf- I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And what was the result? And you forgave me, but it's not just that, and all my guilt is gone. The shame, the guilt, the stuff I've been carrying around with me. First John 1, 9, if you've been around church world, you've heard this, a lot of you have this memorized, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to do what? To forgive us our sins. Not just to forgive us our sins, but to what? To cleanse us, the residue. The stain, it's, it's, all, it's washed perfectly away through the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Isaiah 118, 700 years before Jesus, Isaiah wrote this. He says, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your skins are like, though your skins, though your sins, stupid lisp, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are as red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. So, so we've, we've done some introspection through, not just through our own agency, but through the agency of the Holy Spirit. We've taken time to, to think through those things. We've written those things down. Now we come to God and we, based upon scripture, we just say, God, will you forgive me? Here's what you don't need to do. You don't need to beg. God, please, please, please forgive me. You don't need to do that. You don't need to beg. You don't need to bargain. God, if you will forgive me, I will. You don't need to bribe. A lot of us try to bribe God. You know how foolish that is? Here, here's all you got. All you got to do is believe. Say, Ken, that's too simple. That's what scripture says. God, here, here it is. Here's what I've done. 
will you forgive me? And God goes, yes. He says, yes. And I've got to believe. Freedom is impossible without honesty. You got, if we admit these things, okay, so some of you though right now, the pushback is, okay, I've done that before. I've asked God to forgive me of my sins and I'm still not free. There's still not breakthrough. I still find that two hours later, I'm doing the very thing that I asked God to forgive me of earlier. I don't need to see a show of hands, but anybody with me? Like, like, look at me right, like, like okay, I, I'm, still, I'm still carrying around this hurt. I'm still carrying it around, like, what's up with that? I would say that there's a, another direction that the arrow needs to go. And that is number three, admit your sin, or maybe it's not sin, maybe hurt, whatever, whatever has happened, admit it to a mature believer. It's like, Ken, I, we're Protestants. We're not Catholics. Like, what are you going to put in like a little priest station in your new church? Like, you, what, what are you, you going to be doing here? No, no, here's the thing. 500 years ago when the Protestant Reformation happened, like we, we got rid of some things and uh, some things we needed to get rid of. But in the process, we got rid of some things that actually could have helped us. Now, here's what I'm not saying you need to find someone to confess every sin in your life to, okay? But I'm saying there's some things in your life that just have such a grip on you that you've brought these things to the Lord, you've asked him to forgive you, but you, you, still, don't, you still haven't experienced a freedom yet to break through. Anybody with me? So let's look at what James has to say, and then we'll look at something, what Jesus had to say. I think these are two pretty good places to go. James says this in James chapter 5. And I'm going to read a whole paragraph here. And some of you have heard some of the paragraph. Maybe you've heard this whole thing before. Beginning with verse 13, James says, Is any one of you in trouble? Heck yeah. Okay, he should pray. Is anyone happy? Sometimes. Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. But then there's something really weird. Like some of you have heard that before, especially if you've grown up in a Pentecostal church or, you know, a full gospel church. Like, you're, oh yeah, we're all about healing. Okay, but, but look at what it says next. It says, in the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Like that's a weird phrase to stick in the middle of this. I thought I was forgiven if I personally went into my private time and asked God to forgive me. Like, okay, we're going to get in a moment that he's not just talking about forgiveness because we, we know we're, if, if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he'll, he'll forgive us, he'll cleanse us. What's going on here is more of an issue of healing and he's going to get to this in a moment. He says, therefore, confess your sins to God in your private prayer time. Is that what he says? Some of you are like, I have no idea, Ken. I don't even know where you're at, okay? Like, Help me out here. That's not what he says. He says, therefore, confess your sins to who? That's in the Bible? That's in the Bible. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, what's the result? Some of you don't have the healing, I would call it breakthrough, freedom. There's all kinds of different ways that we could look at this because the step that you need to take, you haven't taken yet. And it's to go to the body of Christ that is here on this earth. Positionally, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Remember, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. He's interceding for us. He's at the right hand of the Father. So what is the body of Christ right here on earth? Thank you, Patty. It's us. 
And so sometimes I'm looking for that breakthrough, that freedom. I need to go to the body of Christ. I need to find somebody in the body of Christ that I can go to, that I can share this with. He says, a prayer of a righteous man, and I would add woman, is powerful and effective. Say, well, Ken, that's just one passage. Let's look at John chapter 20. This isn't in your notes, and it's not gonna be up on the screen. John chapter 20 is an epic passage in the Bible, okay? This is, Jesus has been crucified, and and the, the morning of this passage, he was risen from the dead, but his disciples don't yet still fully believe that he's risen from the dead, and so now we're, we're approaching evening of Jesus' resurrection day, so you're picturing this in your mind, and the disciples are hiding. So doors are bolted shut, shades are drawn, and they are like hiding because they think they're gonna be next. They're gonna, the authorities are gonna find them, they'll be crucified, they'll be killed, executed, whatever. And so Jesus shows up just in the middle of the room, even though the, de- the doors are dead bolted shut, Jesus shows up in the middle of the room and they are wigging out. And we know they're wigging out because twice he has to say, peace be with you. <laughs> you know, peace be with you. And, and, and he does this thing, we talked about this in, in the church before, he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Some of you are with me now, like you're getting this. But then he says something after he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit, that we don't like to talk about in church because we don't understand what Jesus is talking about. The very next thing he says in John chapter 20, verse 23, he says, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. That doesn't fit my theology. Let me read it again. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. There are times and places where what you've done, God has forgiven you, but you haven't experienced the healing of it yet. You haven't experienced the breakthrough of it yet. You haven't experienced the freedom of it yet. And so I go to another person who I respect, and we'll get into who that person needs to be in a moment, but, but I share those things, and now all of a sudden, it's not a secret anymore, because as soon as you share it, it's not hidden. And there is healing that happens. You got everybody with me? So how, how, how do we do this? First of all, who do you tell? I would encourage you to find someone who, first of all, is of the same gender. Because in 23 years of ministry, I've seen some people really go sideways with this, okay? So I don't need to find a godly woman in this church who is not my wife and share my deepest, darkest secrets because there's soul attachments that happen in, in this realm. And I don't have time to go into, into all that. So I, first of all, I would find someone who is of the same gender, someone who I trust, someone who understands the value of what I'm doing, who is mature enough not to be shocked. <laughs> you, what? <laughs> don't ever talk to me again, you are psycho. Right, you don't, don't pick that person. Ask someone who knows Jesus well enough to reflect his forgiveness to you. So you're looking for a mature, godly person with a track record of of holiness, of righteousness, okay? How do you do this? I'm, I'm just sharing how I would do this, okay? Maybe you would do this differently, that's fine. I would set up a time to meet this trusted friend in a place free of interruptions, Okay, so I don't want to do this in a place where a TV is going to be on. I don't want to do this in a place where a phone's going to be interrupting us. You know, we got a great week of weather ahead of us. Maybe it's a park. That way you know the FBI isn't listening to your conversation. Or just, just make sure you leave your phone in the car. I hope I'm joking. I would encourage you come prepared. So we talked earlier about writing things down. My experience has been if I write 
If I write the things down that I'm sharing, I'm going to be more likely to follow through. If I don't write it down, I'm going to get into the conversation and maybe I'm just going to share part of it. And that might not be intentional. It just might be because I'm so super anxious in the moment that I don't share everything that I need to share. So I write everything down, come prepared, come ready to share it. And then be upfront. When the conversation begins, I mean, you can take a minute to talk about the weather or talk about, you know, yeah, the Ohio State game yesterday was pretty awesome. Like you, you can take a moment to talk about that. But I would, I would very quickly say, hey, I just need someone to listen to me as I share some things that I know are wrong in my life. Or maybe I just need someone to listen to me as I share some things that I haven't told anybody else, some things that happened to me in my life. And then you proceed to just start sharing those things that you've written down. Be specific. The secret that you most want to conceal is the very one that you need to reveal. I'm going to say that again. The secret you most want to conceal is the very one that you need to reveal. Because freedom is impossible without honesty. So let me, let me talk, and I didn't have this in my notes, and I didn't have this prepared, so I'm, this is off the hip, but maybe you're the person that someone is coming to. Okay? And especially after this sermon, this next week will be weird, right? Like any, anybody in the church will go, hey, you want to get together? You'll be like, I don't know if I want to get together. <laughs> right? It's going to be a little awkward this week. I get that. Okay? Is, this, is this a Sunday morning thing? Is this a, like, well, what, what is this? Okay. So if someone's coming to me, I can usually see in their body language. In fact, usually I can hear it in the phone call or maybe you can't sense it in a text, but you, you know something's up. Here's what I try to do. I just try to be in a posture of just listening. I don't need, you're not a counselor, so don't try to be a counselor. You'll, you'll ruin someone by trying to be a counselor if you're not really a counselor. So you don't need to be a counselor. So what I do, someone, someone wants to come in, and I, I tell everyone, I'm not a counselor. I'm a pastor, I'll listen to you, I'll pray for you, I'll try to give you some, God, some of God's word, but I'm not a counselor. And so what I try to do is I just try to listen. I don't need a formulated response, I don't need to sound really good in that situation. I just try to listen, and when they get done sharing, here's the secret, you just say, is there anything else you want to share? Well, yeah, da, 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 da. Oh, that, okay. Is there anything else you want to share? Well, you, I mean, that's half of counseling, right? <laughs> Just listening. Is there anything else you want to share? And then, and then here's the other key. Don't act shocked like we talked about earlier. You try to keep, try to keep an even face. Oh, you, you murdered how many people? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a few more than I thought you had, okay? <laughs> right? Like, I mean, try to try. By the way, usually I go into those conversations and I say, if, if you are telling me about a plan to hurt somebody else, or especially if they're minor, how somebody has hurt you, I'm not going to be able to keep this safe, you know, or secret. I'll, I'll keep it safe for sure. Okay, so, so then what I do, what do you do? Again, I didn't have this in my notes. When they're done sharing, you know what I often want to do? I want to now be Jesus to them. Okay, so one of the things I'm going to do is in the name of Jesus, with the authority of Jesus that we see from John chapter 20, I say, you are forgiven. Sometimes we just need to hear another human being say that. That's why I think John, why Jesus said that in John 20, 23. You are forgiven. You've asked Jesus to forgive you? Yes, I have. You are forgiven. I forgive you in the name of Jesus. And then I just pray over them. Now, now here's the thing. I wish I could say that it's all cupcakes and unicorns from that point. Sometimes there are consequences from our sin. Okay. okay. Sometimes there's still some, some, oh, Ken, shut up. There, 
even in the last week, we've had, we've had someone who, there, there were consequences because of their actions. So, so I'm not promising that everything, you do this, but I can tell you there's actually freedom on the other side of those consequences. My, my parents, grew, my parents are in the room, so I'm going to have to be careful how, how I share this stuff. My parents grew up, uh, or not grew up, they, they, from reading the word of God, realized that spanking is a healthy thing for parents to do. Not abusing your children, not beating your kids, but spanking your kids, right? So we had a paddle in our house. It would often come up missing. <laughs> I have no idea why they could never find it. And uh, me, I have a brother who's two years younger than me, and we'd get into trouble all the time. And my mom, uh, during at least our formative years, you know, God's blessing was that she was able to be at home and be a stay-at-home mom. And so we would get into trouble, and she, she would not spank us. She did the classic mom move back in the day, wait until your dad gets home, right? Which we all know is worse than the actual punishment, right? Like, you're just... I remember one time in particular putting on like every pair of underwear that I had. Like, I just, I'm not a dummy. I'm not a dummy. And you look at my dad. My dad is like the least, I mean, he, 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 all, I think it really did. I can't imagine him getting home from work. He's worked all day long. And he's like, oh, I got to do that. Like, really? Which is good because I didn't get, I mean, it wasn't abusive. It's a good system. The person who's angry passes it off to the person who's not angry and no one gets hurt permanently (laughs) from that. I'll tell you, the the worst thing was the anticipation. But when it was done and over with, now, now there was freedom. Some of you, there may be consequences from things that you've done. I promise you, your heavenly father loves you. He loves you. He has your best interests at heart. And yes, he will walk with you through the consequences, the earthly consequences. He forgives you even before you go through those consequences if you ask him. There may be, okay, this is way off. Our pastors are going, how long are you gonna go? Here's a, so the, the arrows, there's a downward arrow, I'm examining myself, right? There's an upward arrow, I'm, I'm bringing this to God, I'm asking him to forgive me. There's a sideways arrow, there's some things that I just need to bring another person into the equation. Finally, number four, accept God's forgiveness and forgive yourself. Accept God's forgiveness and forgive yourself. Romans 3, 23, we all, if you grow, grew up in the church, you had this memorized, for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. I wish, the, I wish our Sunday school teachers would have had us memorize the very next verse too. It would have been so helpful. Because Romans 3, 24, very next verse says, Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. If you go to God with authenticity and you mean it in your heart and you ask him to confess and you confess your sins to him and you ask him to forgive you of your sins, let me tell you, he does it. God forgives instantly. It's done. In forgiving you, he never makes you wait or suffer. Again, there may be earthly consequences, but God forgives you instantly. God forgives you freely. You don't deserve it. And so the lie of the enemy, and I know this personally, I know this lie all too well, is you don't deserve that. You know what I recently have learned to do is, you're right. I don't deserve it. That's a whole definition of grace. The undeserved, unmerited, kindness, favor, love of God. 
demonstrated toward me. I don't deserve it. God forgives freely. You don't deserve it. God forgives completely. It's not in stages. His forgiveness is absolute. It is complete. Go to him. Go to him. He will forgive you. I'm going to ask all over this room if you'll close your eyes and bow your heads. If you're watching online, I invite you to pray with me in this moment. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Ken, I don't have, you talk about a relationship with God and you talk about being able to go to God with these things and I don't have that. I've got a lot of questions about God. I'm still trying to figure out what I believe about the Bible and what I believe about Jesus. And and, and some of this is confusing to me. And and I want to believe, but I I don't understand everything yet. Can I just encourage, if that's you this morning, can I encourage you? You don't have to have it all figured out. In fact, there's a few areas that I still don't have it figured out. God's not asking you to wait until you've got it all figured out to come to him. right where you are in your journey of life. Can you acknowledge that you've sinned against God? Can you acknowledge that you need him in your life, that you need his forgiveness, and that you need him to be the master and leader and Lord of your life? You don't have to have everything else figured out. That's a great starting point to begin. So if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins or you're watching online and you've never asked him to do that, you've never started the journey of actually actively following after Jesus, but you want freedom and you want breakthrough, man, here it is. Ask him. In fact, if you're here in this room, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. We're not gonna ask you to stand to your feet. If you're, if you're here in this room and you say, Ken, that's me, would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? You've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You've never asked him to lead your life, but today you are. Yeah. Anybody else? After you've raised your hand, you can lower it. Anybody else? He's so good. He's so good. So loving. Maybe if you're watching online, you can, you can send us a message and let us know. We, we even have a, n- a number that you can text and, and do that even right now. Father, I pray for those this morning who are receiving you. God, I, I thank you for their humility in coming to you, recognizing their sin, recognizing Jesus that you are the Son of God sent to this earth to take upon yourself the punishment that we deserve, that you not only died, you were resurrected from the dead, that you've ascended to the Father where you are right now and that you are coming again. And God, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would be the master and leader of our lives. God, we want to fully submit ourselves and commit ourselves to you. If that's you this morning, uh, we mentioned the connection cards at the beginning of the service. Man, make sure to mark that connection card so that we can uh, just, uh, uh, just, come alongside you and help you in any ways that we can. Here's the final thing before, before I dismiss you. Can I, can I just, uh, can I challenge you? A secret is only a secret until you let it out. I had a woman after the first service who came up to me and she said, you know, for the last two months, I've known that there's something that I need to share with somebody. She goes, I've been carrying this around. She goes, it's been like a burden. <laughs> She goes, I came, and maybe, honestly, maybe this whole, ser- maybe this whole sermon was just for her in these, two, in these two services, but 
She said this morning, I, you finally, finally shook me, the, the, the word of God finally shook me to realize I need to share this. So I wanna challenge you, so many of you, you want freedom, you want breakthrough, can I just challenge you with everything inside of me, with the love that I have for you inside of me? Please tell somebody this week. Now you don't all need to call me. Pastor Aaron would be a great person to just, right Pastor Megan, we, we both, we volunteer you as tribute. It doesn't have to be a pastor, guys. Just someone that you trust in your life. They can say, hey, can we just, I, I just need to talk to another person about what's been going on inside of me. I'm telling you, this could be the pivot. This could be the hinge that finally gets you that place that God has for you. And then I want to challenge you, come back next week. There's more choices to be made. Next week is a huge one. I'm so excited about it. I wanted to preach it today, but I have to get this one done first. So it's going to be, re it's really going to be key.